0: So welcome to, what is this, episode number one, season? Uh,
1: must be now. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Wow. Episode number one. Man, it's been a long time coming. It's been a lot of hard work to get to this point, I tell you what. Uh, so I'm going to start off, if, you know, first-time listeners, everyone would be at this point. Uh, I'm going to be starting off every episode with kind of a surprise question for you. So you don't know what it's going to be. Uh could be easy, could be hard, could be something about anything. Uh but this week it should be an easy one. So let me ask you this, Sita. How many cannabis plants did the Thai government give away after June 9th decriminalization?
1: Oh shit. You I'm gonna mix up like the amount of prisoners they released and the amount of plants <laughs>
0: um
1: I Well don't do that.
0: <laughs> that would be that'd be an epic fail. So. Oh god. Okay. Why didn't I research for this part? <laughs> uh, How many plants? Oh, I'm gonna wait. I've got like
1: three numbers in my head and I don't know why. I, it's like either 10,000 or like 300,000
0: or something stupid like that. Or was I wrong? Well, yeah, those are those are very stupid numbers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I've got so, those two in my head. Yeah, they're just incredibly stupid numbers. That's a million. It's a million. Uh, the Thai government gave away. Uh, over a million cannabis plants after legalization. So uh, right now, there's presumably about a million uh, weed plants growing in Thailand right now that were given away by the government after June 9th. So that's kind of cool. I mean, on a, on a uh, baseline,
1: that's 100 weed plants in general at, like, the baseline. We know that at least the governments gave out a million plants. So that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh Twitter meme uh like uh you know uh Elon Musk bought Twitter for 44 billion. If he and there's 7 billion people in the world and if he would have given 100 million uh dollars to each person, you know, it would have ended world poverty, you know. So uh do the math, man. Uh that's going to only land for a few people, but I had to say it. Uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna get this back on track, man. Uh, so this episode is about uh, gonna be about land race, uh, cannabis. Uh, so this is a you know we, for this podcast, we're mainly going to cover topics related to Thailand, cannabis, and things we're interested about in Thailand and, and both cannabis, Thailand, and just whatever's on our mind, but it's mainly going to be focused on uh, cannabis in Thailand um and so this episode specifically um as a to kick things off we want to kind of go to the roots right to go go to like the the, the roots of the matter and, and talk about land race and 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 you know like the history of the kind of early history of uh cannabis in Thailand so i'm going to uh since i think you have a little bit more uh, kind of background on this topic i i want to kind of lead the conversation with you here in terms of questions and i want you to you know, just uh, just kind of riff on on anything, man. Yeah, I'm really yeah. curious to to hear what your thoughts are here. So, my first question for you is, um, what is land race anyway? Like, that's I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what that actually means and what it is, and 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 everything. So, as it relates to cannabis, what what is land race?
1: Okay, so from what I know, there is kind of two baseline. Lo- types of cannabis and that is land races and then there's cultivars so cultivars are more the refined strains that haven't been kind of messed around with well partially messed around with by humans but they have solidified into their genetics whereas land races kind of just like i could be wrong people are going to disagree a little bit but land races are kind of the this the branch off of that if you know what i mean because Some plants that are completely wildly grown and stuff aren't really, you know, useful. Um, I mean, aside from like, okay, so the baseline is weed comes from hemp. It stemmed off thousands of years ago, and, you know, traditionally it was kind of used more as a craft item. But then okay, that's kind of where the cultivars and stuff come from. So, you know, it's these singulified genetics that, you know... People hundred thousand years ago necessarily hundred thousand thousands, whatever, weren't you know, breeding strains for dank turps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they so in Atlantis they weren't smoking dank?
1: I mean I mean whatever happened to the Atlanteans, they must have had something dank.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. But as far as humans in in recorded history, uh they did have dank or did not. What do you think?
1: I think technically they had dank, okay? Okay. <laughs> but not in the way that we look at it now. There's okay. kind of a different misconception with like new modern strains and old land race strains. So back to like the main topic of like what land races are land races are the primitive, the more natural, the original sourcing strains of everything we're kind of smoking today. Okay so like a lot of the um, the blues strains that people smoke, some of the hazes, all of that has land race genetics from again Thailand, uh, Afghanistan and I think South and Central America as well could be wrong, but okay. again, a lot of the land race the land races are basically the building block of everything we have today they're, they're the original natural strains that came along with evolution and us.
0: Okay and they grow wildly basically it's like a wild strain it's like your uh, um your landrace is something that kind of grows uh in a in a, like a wild field or is it cultivated
1: uh both both because, okay um so there's there's an interesting thing like in China smoking weed is not necessarily like a thing Okay. So you can, what's funny is you can go to some of these very rural mountainous villages in China, where they're just harvesting these weed plants to use it as tea, because they don't understand fully what it is.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
1: So there is, there's these levels of what people are doing with the land race strains. So there's there's the cultivation methods, the cultural reasons, and then there's the getting high which you know that formed along with the cultivation and the produce with weed because human beings get curious as shit and they're like what happens if i light this on fire <laughs> right
0: right but, and I'm, I'm gonna put a caveat in here um uh if the audience can't tell uh we're experts in this topic um every other topic we're going to cover we're the authorities and uh, if they have a disagreeing opinion, uh, well, come on the podcast and we'll school, school your ass. Um, so uh, it's an open invitation from here and in, in the future. Uh, so if, if you think we get one point wrong or if Sita uh, or I uh, miss, misspeak in any way, uh, then yeah, we're, we're ready to have you on and get into a little rumble. So uh, just... Because <laughs> so, I know, uh, you know you know how it is. Um, so with all that said... When does land race or even weed start in Thailand? Like what, where, where does cannabis, because Thailand is kind of famous for weed and has been for years. Like a lot of terms of around cannabis, like bong and, and everything are Thai, Thai terms, which people might not know. Like bong is like a Thai word. Yeah. Um, like the old bamboo bongs and everything and, and. So people, you know, might, might learn something there. So there's a long history of cannabis, but when does it really kind of start with land race or I guess in general with, with cannabis in in Thailand?
1: So there was a good old glory day in the world where, you know, we were all fighting each other, but we traded on a beautiful thing called the Silk Road, which some people may have heard from the dark web, but no, it was a real place. (laughs) And thanks to these beautiful Silk Roads, um, like places like India, Greece, Rome, And Thailand, Southeast Asia countries are all kind of linked up in trading. So what kind of happened, what a lot of people think happened is that a lot of these seed distribution, which we know as land races, came from a lot of this early human trading. I mean, one kind of clue is, you know, the whole, a lot of people look to India when they think of land races, the Kush mountains, everything like that. And the Hindu, well, the the uh, the Indian word for weed is ganja, and then what's the Thai word for ganja? Ganja. So ganja,
0: yeah, right, right. And
1: right. then when you look at the um, the migration of religion as well with Thailand, it's a very Hindu country. So we know, well, again, it's the one Buddhist country in the world, but people have to realize that there is a massive interconnection with the earlier faiths that came along, like the Vedic culture and Chinese migrations. Right. So yeah. there is this big, a lot of
0: the, a lot of the words in Thai come from Sanskrit and Bali. It's, it's, they, they speak yeah. Pali, you know, so right. a lot, the right. Buddhist
1: monks speak Pali and that's the, you know, that shows the connection with India and stuff. So a lot of these right. strains came from, the migrations as well from india to southeast asia it's okay. you know again again they, it wasn't like the level that we're doing now where they're coming across with like massive sacks of dank you know but <laughs> this again leads to the famous old thai stick because again that was a method okay of, well
0: okay I'll okay shush. okay okay so this yeah i was just about to jump in here on this so so, I think okay, so we were just talking about you were talking about like prehistory, Silk Road, and then the uh, uh, in, uh, the Indic civilization influence on Southeast Asia, which you can see in Cambodia, Thailand, and through language and culture, and temples, and and, and cannabis. Um, so there's all these different influences that have come into Thailand, but then really. When we start talking about weed, the most famous example is Thai stick, which kind of sticks out mm-hmm. in the mind of people since maybe, you know, the hippie era, or, or hippie era. Um, uh, you know, 1960s, they're, they're, they start to, you know, Thai stick starts to get uh, exported. I know in the U.S. a lot of the old heads, you know, uh, speak about Thai stick. I think it was even in Xinjiang, uh, yep. you know, referenced Up in Smoke. Um, and everything. So, um, where what is tie stick? What is the kind of? Because there's a little bit of myth about it. What what is it? What is it exactly? How do you define it? Like what what is what is this all about? Tie stick. So, from my understanding,
1: and the reasons I brought it up early is because from what I've spoken to people like who grow over there, native ties, people online. Uh, The main kind of linkage that I have for Thai stick is it's a transportation method, more than, like... Okay, so it's like the bundle. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, like, why I brought up, like, they're not bringing around bags of dank, because when they're doing the Silk Road shit, they've probably got these bundles of Thai weed on a stick, because it's easier to transport, you know, weighing's kind of easier. Uh, People debate on that because, you know, they want the right price for their uh, weed, but it's how things were done and it's not just like you brought the 60s and stuff so Ty stick didn't just start in the 60s it's in a very old method of transportation and oh, a
0: okay. way of doing so it predates the hippies
1: oh it predates the hippies yeah it's just that they gave a name to it more because that's what was going on in the 60s you know there were people going okay. to the east talking about it more gotcha so gotcha. yeah and, 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 and so tie stick is Technically, on baseline, again, it's not even a singular strain, even though there are strains that are um, most commonly going to be used as tie stick because, again, variety wasn't massive back in the day, apart from land races and interbreeded land races and such. So,
0: okay,
1: yeah, it's a it's it's, packing method.
0: Okay, so it's like the bundle um, uh, that we see. Um, and mind you, Sita uh, is in... Um, uh where are you? Uh by the way, not to dox yourself, but like whereabouts in the world are you?
1: Um just as a clue for people, I'm from the Robin Hood land of England.
0: Okay. Okay, so people can figure that out. Um and um I'm uh uh currently in uh Northern Thailand, so um so we you know a bit uh, sita spends, uh, you know as much as of his, of his time as he can in in thailand and uh, has recently come uh, for a visit and that's how we connected um mm-hmm. and so uh so going back to uh thai stick um it's the it's the packaging method it's the bundle mm-hmm. was there is there any t- truth uh, so now i've read a little bit about the 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 processing um is there any like curing or drying methods that make it more potent do they add opium to it these are things i've read about is there legitimacy to to any of these these myths or they or is it all just urban legend uh, what what is this what are you what are your thoughts on this um it,
1: there is legitimacy obviously because stories start from somewhere but okay. it's more a it's a grain of sand in the beach of the whole factor. You know, um, opium, of course, if you look at any Southeast Asian country, any Chinese-related Eastern country, the opium wars, you know, there's a big opium culture. But drug dealers and stuff and farmers aren't just going to stick opium onto your weed and give it you in general. That's just a waste of money. It, they get... It, it, I think opium will mess with the curing process and like help increase mold. So you're not okay. going to really, of course, it did happen. It obviously happened. Okay. But, but not onto the scale of like every Thai stick is dipped in opium and right. the whole, yeah, it's, there's, there's truth in it, but it's a, like I said, a grain of sand on the beach. You're not going to go to Thailand and get some Thai stick and instantly
0: be like, oh, I'm doing heroin. <laughs> it's not how it works, but there is a special curing and drying process to the tie stick, perhaps.
1: There are. Mm, this is the thing I've visually witnessed the methods, rather than been talked to about them. I had
0: a little look. Okay, so you've seen it.
1: I've seen some methods of drying, like. Okay. It depends how you're, which ones you're referencing to, because there are a few different ways people do things.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's kind of an open question. There's not one, there's not one way to do this. Um, and this is the thing too, like, I think that is always curious to me about anything cannabis related or weed related, or even in Thailand, like Thai topics is just because there's one way that you've heard of something being done doesn't mean it's always the way, uh, there's, there's many different, like different, uh, uh villages or regions of Thailand might do things differently. It might have been been, doing, been done differently now versus 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Um, you know, everyone might do things a little bit differently. It's like if you go get a, you know, a pot, uh, pot kapow or something, you know, you, it's, uh, uh, it's going to be made differently by, by everybody. You know, and everyone's going to have their own methods and, and everything. It's the same thing with with this topic, I think. So there's, there's different ways to do it. Now, going back to something else you, you said about Thai stick is the strains. Mm. Right. Like what what strains are uh, which what's the actual technical word for a strain? Is it cultivar? Uh,
1: uh, it again, that would strain? You can just say strain. Uh Cultivar is more a solidified term for something that's um, refined in a way. So okay. I wouldn't say that every uh, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot of strains that we have out there at the moment are cultivar. So. The main kind of uh, again, that was another misinterpretation with the whole opium thing, as they thought Thai stick was just a singular strain. That's again, not so it was like a strain,
0: tie stick, it, but it, that's not the case.
1: That's n- not the case, but there were strains that were most commonly used for Thai stick.
0: Okay, so but it wasn't one. The, okay, so some of the strains now, some of the strains that have been been um. Uh, popular, uh, popular after legalization is like hang uh, Karok, which is uh, the squirrel tail, uh, the Pupan Han Karok, which uh, is now growing all over Thailand. Uh, there's a few others too that were released by the government, uh, but some of these strains have a long history. What are What are some of the top Thai strains? Do you think that are out there that have I mean, been grown in Thailand? Yeah.
1: I mean, you named pretty much one of the bigger ones, Squirrel Tail. Yeah. Squirrel Tail is, that's one of the most common ones that would be used as Thai stick. That's some, kind of a very baseline land race for Thailand.
0: And it's like a sativa style.
1: Oh, complete uh, a lot, yeah. Complete sativa. Most land races you see in Thailand are the skinny, tall, beautiful smelling citrus, wispy, wispy yeah, nice,
0: nice sativa. Smell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of airy buds. Cause it's, I think if, you know, for people in Thailand, they understand, but the heat is oppressive. And so, um, uh, for most of the year, and if it's not, uh, oppressive heat, it's raining more than likely. Um, and then there's, uh, uh, brief periods of, of, uh, uh, respite, uh, where, especially in the North, uh, you get some winter, uh, but it's, uh, mainly a very hot climate and, and humid. And so the, this, um, uh, sativa weed that grows well in thailand is kind of airy wispy buds um, and also the leaves are thin um, so this kind of adds to the, the ability for these types of plants to grow uh, in thailand is would, would you be would you say that's fair or...
1: oh oh yeah completely like um, there's the whole debate on outdoor growing like what you can grow and it what i have noticed is a lot of thai people will prefer to grow that weed because it's easier it's it's it was it evolved in that climate you know sometimes a lot of people in thailand like to do outdoor growing you know it's traditional okay so it's kind of harder when you're bringing in these imported new indica leaning hybrids that have never really grown in a climate like thailand so they kind of prefer to lean to the sativa land race leaning strains because it's easier You know, they don't have to change what they're doing, really.
0: So how does this, because now with legalization, uh, this is an interesting topic because I think at least for, because I would imagine the majority of our audience is going to be uh, Western, um, but there's going to be Thai people listening and and people from other countries like, say, Singapore or, um, you know, uh, Vietnam, Malaysia, Philippines, et cetera, and, and you know, um, and everything. But for people who have, you know, grown up in climates like uh, uh, Europe and, and North America, where, you, you know, you, you have four seasons typically, um, there's a winter, um, and there's these hy- hybrid strains that grow and that we're used to in terms of genetics uh, that have been optimized in, um, you know, country, in the Western world, basically. Now post legalization in Thailand, like how do these strains fare in Thailand? Is it just gonna have to be mainly indoor grown? Or are they gonna do well outdoor grown as well? Like, what do you think? Um, as someone who, you know, has some experience with with growing and and you know genetics and everything, what do you think?
1: I mean, I've seen outdoor hybrids and in indicas being grown. Again, it's more the it's the learning curve. It's what people okay. are used to growing, what they have been growing. It it, it will work. You know, people have to work out their methods and stuff, and I've seen it work. I've tried it; it works. <laughs> but again, it's just the ease of localized strains. Again, a lot of people will lean to growing the newest stuff, the hybrids, because that's the
0: market, you know. Yeah, but that's the mar- That's that's what that's what you can get a high a high bot price for, right? At the, on, when you're selling, because people are accustomed to paying for it. Exactly.
1: But then there's
0: Thai people, you know, (laughs) they. Right. Which which that's the the majority of the market.
1: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of my like friends that are not growing for commercial reasons and like their own hobby or health or. You know, and just because um, a lot of them, I have noticed, will lean to more what. Like cuttings they can buy over there or sativa leanings, more nativized stuff because it's just what, it's easier. It's just easier, <laughs> you know? Yeah. N- yeah. Not everyone is going to be growing these new like RS-11 gelato sherbet cookie, <laughs> pff, you know, <laughs> not just because one, it's hard to grow. People can't afford these new Strain seeds, you know, they're expensive for Western people. The
0: genetics are expensive, right?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like a lot again, the government gave away a million plants and they were all national strains. They've been named national strains, right? And they've done that one because I think they want to boost the industry of Thailand's native you know, they want to show off a little bit. You know, this is what Thailand has to offer. And because it's cheaper, because people are overpricing some certain seeds but (laughs) yeah so um yeah it, it, it hybrids and indicas will be grown over here they already are but again on the baseline of like common people so far i've noticed on average a little bit more is the more localized stuff
0: yeah yeah and what um me and my uh uh family are growing um are the squirrel tail at, uh, right now, now I, I did pop some um, import hybrid genetics um, autos aut, uh, auto uh, flowering uh, seeds just to test it out. And um, now, mind you, I'm a you know I'm kind of a newbie when it terms to, uh, when it comes to growing. Um, but even as a newbie, the squirrel tail has done quite well um, in terms of just being able to get it to grow uh, and survive. Um, the, the, uh, auto like hybrid type stuff, um, did produce buds, but it was a stunted growth and there was a lot of problems with it, uh, and pretty much is going to result to nothing. The problems that I experienced with squirrel tail, and I think people who uh, are familiar with the strain will realize, uh, if you haven't grown it, um, is that it, it, uh, it becomes, uh, uh, Hermes basically pretty easily. Um, I think naturally and just by based on conditions of growing in Thailand. Uh, but I think the genetics that were put out widely in Thailand, it's a it very easily Hermes, which becomes can you explain the, what that is for for listeners, even though most people probably understand what that means if you're familiar with growing, but just so people understand like what why that happens and what that is?
1: So one of my Thai friends actually made a joke about this, and I hundred percent don't know why plants hermy, like a m- bit more over in Thailand but one of the jokes was that my friend made is uh, Thai weed can be a bit like our people there's sometimes a outlier a ladybug. <laughs> <laughs> so explain
0: so explain why that's so in Th- in Thai uh, the hermy or her- the hermaphrodite uh, process of the plant where it becomes male where-, where it be- basically becomes a mix of flowering female and seed producing male. Is that a fair uh, summary? And then, and then, uh, the name in Thai is Katui, which is lady boy. Uh, so they call those lady boys, uh, in, in Thai. So if people are offended by that, again, you're welcome to be, be a guest on the podcast and we can talk about it, but that is what (laughs) fight, fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, uh, and it was it was interesting cuz i had bought some um uh i had bought some uh weed from Majo university kids they were that was one of the kind of research centers as legalization process was kind of happening yep. for for uh, medical um and then now for recreational which it's all medicine at the end of the day but um since uh, since june ninth they they were able to sell some of their grow um and i bought a bag cuz yeah, I just was curious because it was, for me, it was interesting because, like, uh, you know, buying from a university is just, I just thought it was novel in a way. Like, it yeah, was definitely. nice, you know, like, it was cool. Like, you, I drove out there. It's a little bit north of Chiang Mai. Um, and, you know, I drove out there and bought 100 grams. Um, now, was it the best weed tank in the world? No, not at all. Um, it was very, you know, like we were saying, very wispy. They didn't trim it very well, if at all. Um, it didn't have bag appeal at all. It, most people would be upset if they bought it from their plug. You know, um, they would probably be uh, bitching and moaning about it on uh, Reddit or the cannabis Thailand Discord. Or <laughs> um, and by the way, all these uh, things we're referring to, uh, whether it's the uh, four Thai strains that the government had released after legalization that they've been doing research on, um, or the link to the ca- uh, cannabis Thailand Discord, we'll put it in the show notes for people if you're curious. But um, but yeah, so I had bought this, you know, hundred grams and I would say 30% of the weight was stems and seeds. Um, there were some of the, uh, buds who, which were not, which did not have seed. Um, but most of it was kind of filled with seed. Um, and it reminds me back, uh, in the day in, um, uh, uh, for a while, uh, growing up, I lived in California and we used to call that weed stress. Like it was just <laughs> yep. called stress back then. And uh, versus chronic, which was basically like a, you know, like the good, the good, the dank and stress was like basically kind of like brick weed or, you know, uh, hermite weed uh, that you could get for a lot cheaper. Um, and you would have to pick out the seeds before smoking it. Otherwise, it'd pop, you know, um, and you don't want that. And back in the day, the urban myth was like if you smoked weed with seeds, it would make you make make you uh, infer- infertile. Which I don't know if that's true or not, <laughs> uh, but that that was the when I was a teenager that was the fucking urban legend, um, and I know that is uh, I probably smoked some seeds and I definitely am not infertile as I have two kids, uh, but uh, um, that's besides uh, kind of going off off the reservation here. Basically, um, with the uh, the hermit weed out here, that's probably a lot of what's getting on the market for, or excuse me, that's being grown personally by people, right? Like most people are not going to be produced, like with these million plants that were given out by the government, it's not going to be producing like the dank bud that you can imagine if, when you think of like what it's like, uh, you know, buying weed from a dispensary, for example. So that I guess leads me to a question, which, uh, is a little bit on topic, but I'm kind of curious, uh, with you on is like, how do you see, okay, so there's like different elements here. There's like the native Thai weed that there's like a million plants given out. We can assume that a lot of that's not going to really hit the market for sale because it's just not going to be very good. It, um, a lot of it's going to be hermied if it produces at all. Um, and then there's this the import genetics, there's people growing indoors, there's big farms uh, um, operating now. Like, Where do you see the market in the next, like say, one to three years in Thailand? With the weed market, like, would it's an open-ended question. I'm kind of curious what what you think on that.
1: I mean, as a whole, I believe fully that the Thai weed market is going to be probably one of the most revolutionary things to happen in Asia in a long time. So there's that as a baseline, uh, with businesses popping up and kind of communities and stuff. It's shown a network of it, it, it's weirdly. Like it's like ingrained in the culture, and only been allowed to be out now. You know, people okay. are only allowed to be open about the whole. What weed was already thing. there? Yeah, it was. All, all, people are already doing it. Like the Karen tribes were. You know, they the squirrel tail, the uh, ten, sorry red star. That's all like been grown from tribal people, and kept within there. And they've been basically refining these genetics of a race and they are tribal people. It's a culture that his you can go to some temples in Thailand and there's subtle art of these bongs in view. It's always been there but it's not been allowed to express itself and now that it can, it's 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 fucking
0: incredible. <laughs> okay, so you just brought up something very interesting here, which is the hill tribe um element um of the uh uh Karien people. Um, or in English, the Karens. Uh, and it's not the Karens that you would imagine that would be <laughs> asking for the manager. But if there's a people, if you want to uh, look them up, um, to, you know, K A R E N, and then just put Hill Tribe after it. And you can learn a little bit about them. Um, they yeah, kind
1: they're of, people, they kind of
0: live. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
1: they're the people that you see on a lot of uh, Thai tourism like posters with the rings right. around their neck and stuff.
0: Right. Right. And uh, yeah, which, you know, I'm not even, we won't even go into that. That's a whole rabbit hole. But uh, they live, um, a lot of them live between Burma and Thailand, uh, a lot in like the, the, the northern regions, especially a lot in, you know, Chiang Mai and, and Mei Hong Song and, and everything. Uh, but they've cultivated weed, uh, land race for, for some time. And you brought up a strain too that I'm really curious about. And this is, this kind of connects to the market and what could be the future of like, craft local weed in Thailand, um, especially with these genetics that have been developed here uh, traditionally. And there's the work of um, the Zomia Seed Collective, um, which, if you, again, we'll provide links to all this stuff uh, in the show notes, but if you're not familiar with Zomia and some of the strains that, uh, that Seed Collective um, uh, sells and finds and preserves, um, one is the uh, Tano Sri uh, Red Star um, amongst others like can you speak a little bit on Zomia's work and maybe how that's going to relate to the future of uh, Thai weed like what, what is what is this all about
1: so Zomia Zomia collective are amazing people I've spoken to them a little bit and basically they're kind of the outliers the people that are showing off the true Thai genetics a lot more and bringing it to people on a more commercial marketable level before like you could get obviously these land race seeds online but the diversity was very slimmed down a lot of them were crossed with a, a more uh, stabilized westernized genetic to kind of bring it to the market but Zomia they get they get it from the source it's the it's the original stuff and they're finding really interesting stuff as well
0: okay um have you had some of the the stuff from Zomia or not yet
1: so, technically, not from them specifically, but there's okay. a there's a place in Bangkok opposite, I can't remember what hospital, but it's called Choo Choo Hemp. And Ozomi okay. has been there, because I saw that magazine behind the counter, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, Zomi, blah, 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 blah. And they had some of the, sadly, they ran out, because, again, this shows how popular it is. The most popular selling strain there at the moment was the Tansori Red Star. Um, so I'm guessing that this place sourced seeds from zomi and stuff. So okay. it's probably their seeds, but they haven't grown it out. But they had Squirrel Tail. They have the KD, which is a complete strain line, which I
0: fangirl over a little bit. So, well, okay. come on, don't, don't, don't uh, leave us hanging here. What, what's with the KD? What's so, with... so
1: KD yeah. um, or Uncle KD, he's a, he's a, to begin with, he's a, he's a man who lives on the island of Kowtao. And Kodau, he, okay. K- Kodau, yeah. He's the KD stands for Kodam, it's the Kodam family. And okay. with kind of help a little bit from some people from I believe it was Amsterdam. I think it was maybe Sensei seeds, some people know them. I could be wrong. But they basically refined a lot of this this strain that people called K D that was growing on the island. And then they crossed it with some more westernized genetics. So you're getting but not over Extreme. It's K D is this beautiful kind of sweet, almost hashy like sativa and it's it, it's what I'd say is a classic Thai weed in my opinion. Okay. So I So what are the effects? Uh it's that classic like motivational giggly sativa high. It's like and <laughs> some people complain you'll get some K D that looks brown, but trust me it's probably still really fucking good the thing the misconception is for a lot of these strains that I want to get out of the way is to get everything you know about weed because right. what you're having is a different it's weed but it's different okay so
0: yeah <laughs> you can enjoy- yeah like you, you it's like with everything in Thailand you have to come with an open mind you can't ex- you can't force your own expectations onto Thailand you always be disappointed and if you're if you're able to open your mind a little bit and go with the experience that's in front of you, uh you're gonna have a better time in Thailand with anything. And when it comes to weed, I think what you're saying is it might not have the bag appeal as as it were, of uh some, you know, dank that you might find in America or UK or, you know, Europe or wherever you're from. Um but when you roll it up and smoke it in your preferred method, It's going to be a very nice high and it's going to be unique in a lot of ways, definitely. Uh, okay, continue, continue. So, to
1: go on with like the K stream, what I love about the KD is they have currently done a few more breeding projects with some again also local land races and westernized genetics. So, there's like the KD original. Strain, there's KD skunk that's coming out, there's KD glue, and then there's KD crossed with the red Tensori star. So they're kind so they are doing these they're breeding localized genetics as well as kind of earlier westernized genetics just to kind of see what they can get. So that okay. brings back to the question as well with what I see with Thailand's weed community. It's, gonna, it's just going to grow and evolve. It's going to be, like I spoke to Beer. Some people may know him from the infamous and weed. Um, he truly believes that this is going to be the next 60s revolution. It's going to be Asia's own 60s because the culture, the evolution, the people coming together from everywhere, localized people, foreign people, you know, there's these, uh, Thailand's getting to show off now so and show right. off something that is dear to a lot of people's hearts. And again, traditionally dear to people's hearts, like, you know, again with the current the people, they've been growing it for years. So right. my kind of main thing is like, if people do go to Thailand, and stuff and want to enjoy Thailand's weed kind of culture and shit. And if we're talking about land races, try
0: land races. Don't just look at it and be like, so try a, K, try a KD. try a, try a KD, try a, nice, yeah. try a nice looking squirrel tail. Try. Um, there's a shop in Chiang Mai called um, high queen. I saw uh, elephant tail at their shop, uh, which I'm not sure on the, on the provenance of that strain, but um, it was marketed as a, you know, Thai strain. Um, I have heard this. So yeah. Okay. So, and typically, you're going to get a cheaper. It's going to be cheaper than the the um, the hybrid, especially the import stuff. Um, and why, you know, why not do both? Like, you know, you do what you're comfortable with. Like, we're not telling you what to buy or like why. It's just if if you come to Thailand, you know, do as the Romans. Try a little bit of the local flavor and and see you know see what happens. Especially if it's uh, you know something that you you know that. uh uh, you know has a good price and and you know it's going it 's going to be a nice high just as, as a, something you know a little little uh, variety is the spice of life, as they say um, so i 'm kind of curious then with um, all of this being said um, you know as it relates to Thailand, the future of the market um, and it's funny you said like Thailand might have their own 1960s going on uh, kind of cultural movement here uh th- people might also not know that uh the Thai government in partnership with uh Konken University in Isan is uh, currently testing the medical uh benefits of uh psychedelic mushrooms uh, psilocybin uh, with the and uh, you can look up hedkey Kwai, which is uh, buffalo shit mushroom uh, water buffalo shit mushrooms uh, and I'll, I'll link you to the the story about this but uh, Thailand is making a lot of moves, um, even outside of cannabis, and it's going to be a different country soon for sure. I I could bet on that. Um, but with all this being said, like with all all of the changes happening in Thailand, um, with you know cannabis legalization, you know Thailand becoming the land of smiles once again. Um, how does this all relate to Thai culture in terms of because before COVID, uh, right? Thailand was one of the most visited countries in the world. I think there was 40 million tourists in 2019. Obviously, that dropped off a lot in 2020, 2021, but they're starting to come back. How does this all relate? How does the cannabis relate to Thai hospitality, Thai culture in terms of welcoming foreigners? What is your view on that? As someone who has visited Thailand many times, And now with cannabis legalization, like, what do you, what's the connection here? Like, what are your just thoughts on all that?
1: So to me, weed and Thai people, Thai people are like the physical embodiment of weed. Okay. Okay. You, the, the the happiness. Oh yeah. We're going to get a lot of hate mail, man. (laughs) Oh, I don't care. They can fight me. (laughs) They can fight me on this, especially because Thailand is, oh, I love Thai people. Okay. So like, okay. So, but but I, I will elaborate. So, <laughs> okay. so you know, people, you know, when you're high, you're a bit more open, you're happy, you're welcoming. Thai people are like that naturally. A lot of them, people will obviously have the outliers, and you know, it happens everywhere. But from a lot of countries I have visited, like I've gone to Singapore, I've gone to a different places, Spain, I've been to America, I've been Belgium, uh France. I've been kind of all over a few different countries, different continents. The best people, regards to hospitality and being friendly, helping, and just overall in general nice people, is Thailand. And to me, it's kind of the same with stoners. <laughs> you know, a lot ah, of
0: stoners I see the okay. See, a lot of
1: stoners kind of like are just Sabai Sabai
0: thing. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, Hapenai. exactly. Or as we say in the no, as we, you know how we say it in in northern Thailand. I mean, how do you say it?
1: In- oh God, see you as a northerner is gonna try and get me as a southerner to...
0: I'm American head- by the way i just i just live
1: i know i'm that. just thinking i'm just i'm going by <laughs> Thai destination location, actually, technically, I'd be more eastern but um
0: <laughs> 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 yang
1: see uh, I like that the north has such a different well, not different but a diverse community of this different Isan culture, but we won't go into that fully right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, we will. We probably will. We probably will. Yeah, we'll talk about the Lana uh, uh, connection to all this uh, in future future dispatches. But um, so what you're saying is the this kind of like natural impression that people get, and it's proven because Thailand, you know, is known for this. Um, of the welcoming, the smile, the, you know, sub sabay, sabay, the, you know, no problem, just comfortable living, uh, you know, welcoming to foreigners, um, especially for, for visitors. Uh, this kind of connects to the cannabis side in terms of just letting, you know, go with the flow, uh, you know, not getting hung up on stuff too much. Is that kind of what you're you're kind of saying here is that is that what I'm understanding?
1: That yeah, that's the nail on my the head. There's the the okay. the kind of characteristics of stoners in a positive light it can connect right. over to Thai people. It was positive characteristics as well.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. And I, it's you know, it's also interesting. The past few years has been pretty tough on everyone. You know, with like travel restrictions and economic stuff and you know with the everything everything happening in the world um and now that things are starting to open up again there's a little bit of brightness silver silver linings um the legalization of cannabis or like the the decriminalization on june 9th um, of this year was a was a huge move in thailand and i think people are getting excited about what's happening in thailand right like how many people have you seen that are interested in coming to Thailand now to start a business at Brown Cannabis? I mean, i've
1: I've had to yeah. set, I've had to set limits on my social media accounts. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> like, what are you seeing? Like, what are people interested? Like, what are some of the things that you see? Uh, uh,
1: again, a lot of the westernized side, a lot of Western companies, individuals, clubs from like Spain, Amsterdam, America. Uh, different places like that, other kind of major touristic destinations for weed from the past, they all kind of want to come over because they see the fucking glimmer that Thailand is going to be. Thailand will be probably in the next two years, if things go well, I think will be the number one weed tourism destination in the world. I truly believe that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, I've never been to Amsterdam. I've always wanted to go Um, but you know, I've heard it's, it's a fine place, but you know, people want options, you know, people want options. Like I've, I've spent time, um, in a lot of kind of weed centers in the U S like whether it's, um, up by Humboldt or, you know, the, uh, Shasta Trinity national forest. I've been up by grows up there, uh, in, in Northern California. Um, I used to live in Oregon for a while. Um, you know, and, and, uh, legalization is happening in in most of the U S, um, as we speak. Um, and, but Thailand, it it adds another variety. It adds another flavor. It adds this, these new genetics, these, these old Thai sativa strains that are are exciting, you know, and people are going to want to try it, especially as they become more, um, refined and, uh, you know, appealing to, to people, um, once word gets out and once more you know, there's going to be some awesome growers. There's going to be conventions. There, um, I've already seen some events happening in Thailand um, in terms of like grower competitions. There's going to be a whole new bloom of um, people who are contributing to global cannabis culture, just like California has done, just like Amsterdam has done, just as like the UK has done. You know, like what are the famous strains from the UK? Like the Cheese, right? Like
1: Cheese the, Blues uh right. some of the kind of early hazers dog that's a fucking uh that, my british listeners you know what i mean when i say star dog right now okay you know okay. what that means <laughs> that's okay. all i need to say on that
0: <laughs> uh, see and you you know and every you know california's had its influence uh amsterdam has had its influence uh you know the the countries like nepal and afghanistan has had its influence with hash and different you know different weed um, over the over the years and now now Thailand already has had this influence, but it's going to be a revival, and it's going to be big. Massively. Um, yeah, it's going massively to be massive, so. massive. It, it's- and combine that, you know, it's cool because you know, living in Thailand, um, you know, things become a little bit ordinary. You know, like sometimes you just adapt to what's around you, and and even myself, like experiencing new places. Like I haven't been down to say Phuket uh, since. Uh, legalization. But the next time I go to Phuket, it's going to be a new experience, like being able to legally, you know, roll one up and hang out at the beach. You know, it's just going to add a new dimension to everything. Um, places that, you know, I, I've enjoyed um, and thought, okay, well, I ticked that off the list. Well, maybe I want to go back, you know, and, and experience it with a little bit of legal cannabis. Um, and I think a lot of people coming to Thailand are going to be curious, they're going to want to try it. And it's going to be a nice uh, welcoming environment for it uh, which is, which is awesome. Um, so, well, here, let's, let's kind of end it with, with this, uh, cause, you know, with, with all this being said, um, you know, we're talking about, uh, land race, talking about the history of weed in Thailand, talking about what, what it's gonna entail. Like, what do you hope to get out of this podcast? I'm kind of curious, like what's, because this is our first episode, you know, people have stuck stuck with us this far, fifty minutes. Um, what what are your goals with this uh, podcast, Sita?
1: So I I know we're the Westerners here and we're we're foreign, you know, but what I'm hoping is
0: to show people the true
1: Thai cannabis culture, not the Westernized kind of cookies again it's interesting and stuff and all those brands that are going to come over the the hype i I want to talk about the truth the underlining what the building blocks if you know what i mean okay the the, the, what the thai people are doing and what's actually going on and because i do worry a little bit that people are going to come to thailand and kind of take us take away a slice of the pie instead of you know adding to the pie
0: ah So so
1: what I I just want to help express to people, you know, when you go to Thailand for Thai weed, don't just go sit in a Farang club where the weed is like 900 baht a gram, and it's just the same shit that you've been smoking abroad. Get into the culture, enjoy, because... Again, talking about how like incredible Thai culture is, the Thai people, the old heads, the people who've been doing this for years and stuff, if you think the stories that have came out of people like Burner and all these other cannabis kind of sh- uh, stars or influences is interesting, wait till you hear this shit from Thai people. <laughs> then you're going to hear some wild and crazy and honestly amazing shit. Like, it's, it's a. Untapped well of incredible culture, and I hope that Western people come and maybe from listening from us can come over to Thailand and not take it as the westernized face value and they can see what the people are doing and what's actually going on. That was a bit of a ramble, but it's because I love fucking Thailand and. It's the, the culture there, and the, especially cannabis culture is something completely. It's is it, again it links off from every other cannabis culture in the world, but it's different. It's just got this special pizzazz about it, and that's because it's Thai. Yeah, Thai it, is special, th- you know.
0: It's 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 its own. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom of Thailand. It, and yes, and um, you know whether you you know whatever you think about that, you know keep that to yourself. Uh, but I personally you know, enjoy Thailand and I, I've very much been blessed to have seen, uh, legalization happen in, in Thailand, the place I've chose to live, not because of legalization, but I happened to be here before. Uh, but I'm very much excited for everything that's happening. And especially on this aspect of like exploring, uh, cannabis within, you know, the, the kind of, uh, uh box of, of Thailand, um, and understanding, you know, what's happening here culturally and getting to know these stories. That's one of my goals with the with the podcast is being able to interview um people who are involved with cannabis in Thailand and supporting the culture and getting those voices out there. So like one of my goals will be to, you know, get some of these people on the podcast. You know, I think that's gonna be this is going to be a great venue to get people on to tell these stories that might not have been told otherwise. Um, and, you know, as this grows and as we, you know, continue to, you know, to have these conversations about Thailand and cannabis and, and Thai culture, because that's another thing it was one of my goals is to just talk about what Thailand is all about. You know, I think some of the listeners are going to be people, uh, whether Farang or Thai in Thailand and might already have strong opinions about Thailand or what it's all about. And that's perfectly fine. Um, I also do, you know, but I think just being able to explore ideas about Thailand uh, with you, Sita, and, and just kind of, um, you know, understanding what what the place is about, discussing history. Like, we both have um, kind of interests in Thai history um, and different Thai cultural aspects, um, whether it's, you know, spiritual uh, or historical um, or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, some people are familiar with the work I've done with uh, True Crime Thailand, um, you know, and, and some of the writing I've done and, and everything. And you've also done work around um uh thailand and, and some cultural aspects and and so be, you know it's not just going to be thailand cannabis but it's going to all kind of relate back to it i think and i'm excited to kind of see what what we uh uncover through these explorations and conversations you know so that's my one of my uh kind of goals with the with the podcast if i could say that so uh if if you're listening and you're you know kind of curious and excited about all this too uh, drop us a line. We'll put our contacts um, in the show notes. Um, we'll put all the links to everything in the show notes so you can find out what it's all about. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, I think that's, that this is a good first episode, man. Do you have anything else to, to kind of add to the, to put a cherry on the top here? Or what, what do you think?
1: Uh, so some words as one of my teachers of Thailand would say on the Westernization aspect that I was just bringing up, be a part don't take apart okay uh you know oh. join in don't come and you know steal or westernize or enjoy be a part of something cuz it's already there so just come and be a part of something come to thailand and see thailand for what it is
0: and this is not sponsored by the tourism authority of thailand by the way uh this is this <laughs>
1: No, year I don't we, think We they would agree we, with we don't, most we don't. of the other stuff we just said, apart from coming to Thailand. So
0: we don't have uh, we don't have uh, any sponsorships yet. So if you do want to sponsor us, um, you know, please do uh, reach out. I'm gonna, I'll have my email uh, and uh, in there, and also you know, we'll, we'll have an email address. So if you have any questions, if you have anything you want to fight us about, if you want to send us money, uh, please do. <laughs> and uh, we'll sign we'll sign off for the first episode for now. Take care everybody.
1: Bye.